Welcome to Compare to Who, the podcast to help you stop comparing and start living. I'm your host, Heather Creekmore. I hate to admit this, but I used to secretly obsess over my appearance. I thought it was part of my job as a woman to always look better, but never felt like I could be good enough. Maybe you can relate. God, in His grace, showed me a way out, and I want to give you all the tools you need to break free too. If you've ever spent too much time stressing over your looks, I get it. I hope you'll keep listening and find the same freedom I have. Here are three other things you should know about me. I'm a minivan driving mom of four. I'm author of the book Compared to Who and The Burden of Better. I'm a blogger at comparedtowho.me, and you just may have seen my epic big fail on Netflix. If you've ever struggled with comparison or body image issues, Compared to Who is the show for you. I hope you enjoyed today's episode, and hey, tell a friend about it. Hey there, welcome to the Compared to Who show. I'm Heather Creekmore, and I'm really glad that you're watching today. And hey there, listeners, I'm glad you are here. We are continuing our series, Talking to Registered Dietitians about food issues. And guess what? You guys are loving this, which tells me that like me, food issues are a big deal for you. So I am so glad you're here today. My guest is Brooke Fredrickson. Let me tell you just a little bit about Brooke. Brooke's a registered dietitian and Bible believing Christian. She uses a non-diet weight neutral approach to help others heal their relationship with food and their bodies. She's co-host of the eat with grace podcast, and she runs a private practice in North Dakota. She loves to be outdoors, eat delicious food and spend time with her husband and two kids. Brooke, welcome to the show today. Thank you so much for having me. So I am, I'm delighted that you were able to be on. Would you tell us a little bit more of your story? Uh, most of the people I talk to who are in this field have some sort of personal experience with eating disorder, food struggles, all those things. So will you tell us your story, Brooke? Yeah. Uh, how much time do you want to give me on this? <laughs> I was raised in a Christian home and uh, had a very normal, I would say, relationship uh, with food. Where everything started was when I was around age 11, noticed uh, my mom dieting and going on diets with her friends or talking about diets. Like it was never really front and center, but it was something that I definitely picked up on. Um, and it kind of created a little frenzy in me and it made me start questioning my own body and if I should start eating differently based on that. And so my mom was very tall and thin and beautiful, should not have been dieting in the first place. But anyway, yeah, that kind of started my whole struggle. I really just struggled with body image horribly throughout junior high and high school. Uh, I did a lot of over-exercising. Um, I did a lot of restricting, which also resulted in some, you know, binging here and there too. Never, I never had a full-blown eating disorder. I would say I'd never met that criteria. I never really lost weight doing what I did, mm -hmm. um, but I really struggled. I went on that roller coaster of restricting, binging, kind of on again, off again with dieting. And then I was kind of obsessed with food tracking. I would like, I literally made scrapbooks out of fitness magazine articles. Uh -huh. Yeah with diet plans and exercise plans and stuff. So that's kind of where my mindset was in high school. And then I went into college. I was actually going to, I started out pre-med. I went to a Christian school and um, like you, I read in your book, I gained, you know, 15, 20 pounds at first year because uh, I think because I had a really 
unhealthy relationship with food in the beginning, mm -hmm. going into college with just the freedom of everything and the new experiences and everything you're going through, plus the, you know, ever ending buffet mm -hmm. <laughs> in the cafeteria. <laughs> I seriously took full advantage of that. So anyway, um, I gained a lot of weight that freshman year. Uh, the summer after that freshman year, I exercised it off. Mm -hmm. And that's when I decided I wanted to go to school to be a dietitian. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I think I need to learn how to take care of this and how to control mm. this because I'm obviously not doing well with it. And so that was, that was what I did is I transferred schools and um, went and got my degree in, in dietetics. Unfortunately, the degree did not heal my relationship with mm. food. In fact, I think it almost made it a little more complicated just because you're taught to diet. You're mm -hmm. taught to assign calorie levels to people and to really focus on body size and weight loss and stuff mm -hmm. like that. And so it didn't help me. I continued to diet on and off um, going forward. And it wasn't until after I had kids that I kind of came to a, I don't know if it was a, like a come to Jesus moment or like mm -hmm. a, a pivot in my career where I was like, what am I doing? Mm -hmm. And why am I doing this? And like, why does our body size matter so much? And yeah. I just, I don't know. There was so many things that I really, uh, I felt convicted about. And so that's kind of where my journey with, um, you know, non-dieting, I call it my eat with grace approach mm -hmm. or grace-based eating. Um, that's kind of where that came from is just my journey, like diving into the Bible and seeing like, what does the Bible say about our bodies? And what does the Bible say about health and nutrition and yeah. what we're supposed to be eating? And I just found out like, there really isn't a lot. Yeah. And so, okay, Jesus, maybe, maybe I shouldn't be putting all my time and mm -hmm. energy and value and worth into this physical body. And that kind of, yeah, went from yeah. there. So. Oh, I love that so much, Brooke. You know, as you were talking, I was thinking about, so I think I'm a little older than you are, but in the eighties ish on Saturday mm -hmm. mornings, like during cartoons, there would be like this little infomercials, public service announcements. And one of them would always say knowledge is power. Knowledge is power. Mm -hmm. And as you're talking about, you know, going to school, getting all the knowledge, I think the fascinating thing is knowledge in this arena isn't necessarily power, right? The wrong kind right. or, or the world's kind of knowledge, I guess I should say, right. because I talk to so many clients who are experts, right? Like I joked in a previous episode, they think they have their PhDs in dieting and they probably do because they have acquired so much knowledge. I follow this doctor on Instagram. I, I read everything this doctor puts out. I've read all of this doctor's books and they've got so much knowledge, but then what's tricky is like, sometimes the knowledge contradicts itself, right? Like this study says you should, you know, only eat keto. And this study says you mm -hmm. should, you know, make sure you have some carbs and like all of this stuff. But I know many of my listeners have like this popcorn explosion thing going on in their heads with all of this knowledge, but that's not where the freedom is. And so I love, I love that your story shows like the freedom is really the knowledge we need isn't from following another doctor on Instagram. Right. <laughs> it's from God's word. I love that. So I want to go into grace-based eating, but before I do, there was something you posted recently and it caught my attention because there's a hashtag that I was using because other people that post stuff like me use it. And it's hashtag H A E S. And 
some of you are going to be like, I have no idea what that means. So let me tell you, H-A-E-S stands for health at every size. And so on the surface, it's like, well, yeah, I mean, that sounds good. Okay. Now those of us who struggle with body image are probably bristling a little bit, like can't be every size, right? You know, like, oh, there's got to be some size where you're not healthy anymore. So does that even make sense? But you have questioned like more than just that, like you've questioned that whole movement in general. And I'd like to go there for a minute if you're willing. So tell me, tell me what we're missing about the health at every size movement and what we need to know. So I honestly didn't know about the health at every size movement until I joined Instagram probably three or four years ago. And I found out that all of the other intuitive eating dietitians and accounts that I was following were also promoting what's called haze. We call it haze. And I was like, oh my gosh, I got to find out what this is. And so I actually read the book first. There's a book called Health at Every Size. And I really do still recommend that book to a lot of people. I think the book is excellent. The content in it is very, I'll say neutral from a worldview perspective. Okay. And um, it basically just explains the science behind it. It takes us, it helps us to take our focus off of weights and numbers and scales and put it onto behaviors. And Mm -hmm. it actually encourages positive behavior change. So I think the book is great. Now, when you get into the Hayes movement, uh, there's actually a Uh, an association behind it. It's called the Association for Size and Diversity, Mm -hmm. I think is what it's called. And when you go into that website and you become a member or you sign up to be a Hayes practitioner and be listed in their databank, they have a whole other list of things that you're signing on to represent. It really is a social justice movement. And they use a lot of very postmodern, very feminist, very what I would consider anti-Christian language. Mm -hmm. And so when I found this out, I was like, oh my gosh, there's no way that I can be putting haze next to my name or even Mm -hmm. using that hashtag. Like Mm -hmm. I too was so convicted. I'm like, I don't want to direct people to this organization and to this group of people because it goes against everything that I stand for when it comes to like how my worldview is. And so I wrote a blog post on that and I was really hesitant to do it. It really felt like I needed to. And I needed to tell people who were my followers that I'm not part of that Hayes group that yes, mm-hmm. I believe in the science of it, but I cannot be part of that group or identify as that because of those reasons. And I yeah. did, I got a lot of really good feedback. Actually, I was expecting more people accusing me of, of things, but I just, I got a lot of good feedback from yeah. other Christians that were like, no, I agree. Thank you for posting that. So Yeah. Well, so when I read that, I read that blog post, it made me think of why I've taken such a stand against body positivity and probably this, you know, maybe a decade ago, I remember writing, it was probably at least nine years ago, I wrote why I wasn't for body positivity. And I got some feedback, like how, like as a Christian, shouldn't we be the most positive people about our bodies? You know, like, how can you be, are you for body negativity? Is that what you're for? And it was like, well, no, but you have to see what's under the surface here. And I mean, 10 years ago, things look different than today, right? But what I saw in the body positivity movement was a push not towards this nicey nice like we want to be accepting of of all women who look all different ways that was the surface that you know maybe the untrained eye <laughs> might see i guess you'd say but underneath that what i saw was basically this big truck 
paving the road for us to go to the place where I'd say we're at today, where if you're not comfortable in your body with your gender, you just change your gender. And, you know, and, and transgender is good because we're body positive. And, and, and so I saw that going in the wrong direction. And I still, I cringe a little when Christians tell me that they're body positive because it's like, yes, good, but that's not what that means. (laughs) That's not what that means today. Right. It's like being pro-choice, right? Like you can say I'm pro-choice and you can mean I'm for people making choices, but that's not what that means today. (laughs) Right. So we, we have to be wise as serpents, innocent as doves, right? Like we have to understand the full meaning of these things. So I really appreciate you breaking that down. I don't know if I'll use that Hayes hashtag anymore. (laughs) I may avoid that of um, really good, I would say solid Christians out there that are still using it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think a lot of them are probably using it again, like I was just unknowing what this movement is right. and what, what it really stands for. And so um, I just hope we can yeah, continue to bring it to light. So right. And, and, and there's so much grace, I believe for our journeys, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. I look at what I wrote in compared to who, mm-hmm. and there's one line in compared to who, and I had a dietitian tell me, yeah, I can't recommend your book because you say this one line. And the one line is if you're going to start a diet, you know, wait and get your heart first before you start a diet. And they're like, I can't have anyone recommending a diet. And I was like, but I wrote that like eight years ago. Like, I didn't know what I know now. Like we're all on a journey. And I mean, even in terms of like the show, like I think about conversations I had three years ago and I'm like, uh, I don't know if I'd approach the conversation the same way because God is still working on my heart and he's showing me things through my experience and, and also just like what he's teaching me from wise people like you. So, you know, we're all, we're all on a journey. So totally, totally grace for, yes. for people that are still, um, you know, that are, we're all at different spots. Tired of comparing yourself to others? It's time to break free, my friend. Check out comparedtowho.me online and you'll find a ton of great resources, blog posts, videos, and so much more to help you stop comparing and start living. And make sure you sign up for my exclusive email list while you're there. I send my email friends things I don't send anyone else. You can also find out more about my brand new book, The Burden of Better, How a Comparison-Free Life Leads to Joy, peace and rest. If you're tired of battling comparison, friend, I wrote this book just for you. Check it out right after this episode, of course. Grace-based eating. Hmm. Sounds like grace-based eating would mean getting rid of some of my rules. What what can you tell me about this grace-based eating approach? Yeah. So the verse in the Bible that I actually, uh, base my eat with grace philosophy on is, uh, Hebrews 13, nine. And it says that, um, we should find our strength from God and not from rules about food. Now, this is specifically talking about, you know, Jewish food rules and stuff like that. Um, but it really resonated with me because again, like, I don't, I don't think our eating needs to be black and white. It's not a moral mm. issue. It's not a sin mm. issue. It's not a good or bad issue. Um, and God gives us grace in every area of our life. And why can't we apply grace to our eating? You know, um, I often say that grace is the gray area between black and white when we think about food. Um, and that is just allowing us to be imperfect. 
Mm-hmm. I know I, I consider myself a recovered perfectionist. I very yeah. grew up or I grew up with a very uh, perfectionistic attitude uh, that thankfully I no longer have. Uh, but I did. I had very black and white thinking around food. I assigned labels to food as far as good and bad. I would literally write down all the food I ate in a day. And at the end of the day, in my food journal, I would write good or bad. And I would. Wow. I mean, that's how black yeah. and white I saw my eating. Yeah. Um, But when you step back and when you look at the big picture, like the things that we eat and the amount of foods that we eat over the course of a lifetime, there are so many of them that even if you had a thousand meals in there that were what people would consider horrible or less than ideal is going to be nothing in the grand scheme of things, Mm -hmm. you know? And so you just, I think our culture today, we focus too much on individual meals and individual foods and individual days of eating when we really need to be looking at big picture. And when you incorporate what you would consider, you know, junk food or play food or unhealthy food um, into that, you know, as long as it's not the majority, it's really not going to matter. It's not going to make a big difference in your health. It's not going to make a big difference in your weight. And so that's kind of how I uh, apply all of that. So that sounds hard. So how do we, I mean, because I feel like those of us that have come out of years of dining or years of restricting, if we could take a big picture, we probably wouldn't be dieting, right? Because like all the big picture data shows us that if you diet, you're probably going to gain it right back again, right? Like that long-term dieting, dieting doesn't work, but it is so hard not to be focused on those instant results. It's so hard not to be focused on what did I do today? What can I control today? So can, I mean, this is, I don't know, maybe this is a really big question to answer in a (laughs) short podcast, but is is there a first step to taking a, um, a broader look at, at how we eat over a lifetime? Is there, is there a way I can start that process? Something I can think about or do or remind myself of? Well, I think there's a couple of things. I think first and foremost, I think we should always remove weight Hmm. from our eating. Okay. Um, and how, how do I do how that? Do I mean that, right. Yeah. So when I say that I, when I approach things from a weight neutral approach, um, I always focus on people's behaviors. So I want to know what they're eating, when they're eating, why they're eating. I want to know all those things. Um, weight is just an outcome of what we do. Weight is not like this independent thing that we have control over, right? Because there's all these different body processes and all these, there's so many different aspects that affect our weight. Um, and food is just one of those things. So I think if we can just put weight on the back burner, make sure that we're not making our decisions around food, you know, specific to weight, I think that can take a lot of pressure off people. Mm -hmm. Uh, first of all, secondly, the other side of it, I mean, you know, looking at food over a lifetime, right. might be overwhelming, but again, if you could scale it down to like over the course of a week, if we're going to look at basic you know, I would consider healthy behaviors. How many fruits and vegetables do I eat on any given week? You could even go down to the day, but kind of give like an estimate. Mm -hmm. Um, Do I have adequate protein throughout the day? Am I eating some whole grains? Am I allowing room for pizza and ice cream on Friday nights? Like Mm -hmm. those are kind of the things that you look at. You can still have guidelines. I'm not saying we just throw everything out the window, Mm -hmm. do everything willy nilly. We can still have guidelines. I am all about guidelines. We do want our food choices to be wise for Mm -hmm. the most part. 
And that's one thing intuitive eating calls, um, calls this kind of grace-based eating. They call it for the most part eating. For the most part, we want to be making wise, healthy choices. Mm-hmm. Um, but we want to allow for guilt-free mm-hmm. times to also eat pleasure foods that aren't necessarily going to provide nutrients to us, or they're just going to taste really good in the moment mm-hmm. and make us enjoy the celebration or the, the, the time that we're eating them. So I want to go back. I think you kind of said something a little bit, maybe mind blowing to someone listening today, separating my food choices from my weight. Woo. I mean, the number of times during, you know, any kind of group interaction with women, the number of times even I hear, and people are a little bit more careful what they say around me, they know me very well, but, but the number of times I hear people say, oh, I'm not going to eat that. That'll make me gain weight. Oh, you know, that'll make me fat. Oh, I can't eat that. That that'll show up on the scale tomorrow. Like the number of times I hear that, like, I think that's a way a lot of us were programmed to think about food. So any helpful tricks, tips in terms of stopping that thought train before it, it takes off? I mean, do I just force myself to eat the donut instead of saying, oh, this is going to show up on the scale tomorrow. Just eat the donut. I mean, like what, where's the, where's the healthy gray, healthy gray. That sounds funny, but I, know, I think that's where the health is, right? It's in that gray, right. gray. What do I do? <laughs> okay. When it comes to being focused on our weight, I think one understanding that one meal or one food or one day of eating a certain way is not going to have any effect long-term. Mm. Okay. So yes, that one donut is not going to make you gain weight. Um, I think it all goes back to really understanding, um, what our body's created for the purpose of our bodies, knowing that, you know, we're not here <laughs> to appear a certain way mm-hmm. or to fit into a certain body size or body shape. Like God created us for more than that. And so I try to just get people's focus off of their bodies. Okay. Let's just, let's just not worry about that. Okay. Now, when it comes to the food part of it, let's see, maybe, maybe if I put it in this way, if you think of food on a spectrum, Mm -hmm. okay, let's think of food on a spectrum. So we have all of our, what we'd consider really healthy, super foods on this end, right? Like if we had berries and kale and salmon, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then on this end of the spectrum, we have our uh, soda and our candy and maybe things that don't provide any nourishment, but they provide some you know, they provide calories and they, they taste good. So this is where everyone kind of has to do a self-evaluation and just be like, you know, are most of the foods I eat coming from this half of the spectrum? Mm-hmm. Where does the donut fit on this one? Is it mm-hmm. down here? Is it in the middle? Is it up here? How hungry am I right now? Will this donut be satisfying to me? Like, is it something I really want? Or is it something that it's just there and I'm going to eat it? Mm-hmm. I think we can, we can ask questions. Every time we eat food, we should be asking those questions. How hungry am I? What do I feel like right now? Does that fit into like an overall healthy eating plan? Like if I ate donuts for the last three meals, probably having donuts (laughs) for this one would be too much. Maybe that's where we need to stop and reassess. Yeah. You know, but it's like, if you eat a donut once a week or once a month, big deal, Right. big deal. We need to look at our overall eating pattern. Am I eating balanced diets most of the time, you know, the rest of the time. And it's, it's all going to figure out and your weight's going to fall when you get to that point of normal eating, mm-hmm. where you're not worrying about everything you put into your mouth, you're eating an overall balanced diet, you're allowing some of those pleasure foods in there, your weight's going to fall where it falls. Yeah. And I don't think we need to worry about it. I just yeah. don't. So do you believe that if we can start to trust our bodies, 
and eat intuitively when I'm hungry for the donut, I eat the donut instead of not eating the donut that I'm for 60 days and thinking about the donut every day for 60 days and then eating donuts for 60 days straight after that. Right. <laughs> like like yes. you kind of have the mindset that like, if we can try start to trust our bodies, we'll naturally eat more on that one side of the spectrum than the other. I am all for trusting the God-given signals mm. within our bodies. Yes. Um, I, 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 I wary on the term, trust your body, because yeah. I think there's lots of sinful things that can come out of it. If you do that, <laughs> right. Um, but yes, <laughs> trusting, trusting that God created in our bodies in a way to tell us when to eat and to tell us when to stop for thousands of years, human beings ate that way. Mm-hmm. They didn't base their eating on food labels or on calorie counts or on scales. Right. They ate when they were hungry. They stopped when they were food, they ate what were full, they ate what was available. Yeah. And I think if we can just get back to the basics of that and try to get rid of all this excess noise out there in the culture, I think we would all be just in such a better place. And we, that's where that peace, you know, or that freedom from food and eating is going to come from because, because we don't have all of that external, uh, you know, culture telling us everything we should and shouldn't be doing. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you encourage women to be I want to say part of the solution and I don't, but I feel like that's too, too abrupt, but I, I feel like so many times we get dragged into the, the group think of ordering dessert is bad. So I'm at a group, I'm at a luncheon with a group of women and everyone orders the salad, no dressing. Right. Mm-hmm. And you're the one that's like, Oh, what do I do now? Oh, uh, I'll have a hamburger. What? No, you can't break that. <laughs> you know, like right. there's, there's so many different ways that I think we hurt each other in this area. So right. can you give us some encouragement as to how we can break out of these cultural norms and, and, and start to go this healthier direction? I think a lot of that just comes from, again, knowing who you are in Christ Mm -hmm. and putting your confidence in him and who he made you to be and trusting that the decisions you're making are honoring him. Mm -hmm. You're not here to people, please. You're not here to impress everyone else or to do what's acceptable to everyone around you. And just know that God created me. I know what's good for my body. I know what I need right now. No one else needs to have a say in that. And so I think that's where we need to go with. Ah, preach. I love that. That was the perfect answer. I love it. Well, Brooke, tell us a little bit about your podcast. Yeah. So I have a podcast. It's called the Eat with Grace podcast. And I'm a co-host with Jackie Neinheist. She's a culinary medicine professor in uh, Florida. We just talk about food and nutrition from a biblical perspective. We talk a lot about body image. We talk about intuitive eating and we talk about food, try to apply it to some kind of biblical principles in some way. Sometimes it's, you know, food doesn't tied to the Bible in any way. And that's okay too. And so we, we make sure to, to put that out there, but yeah, we just talk about some of those uh, countercultural topics that, that you are talking about as well. Awesome. Well, it sounds great. And tell everyone where they can connect with you if they want to work with you. And are you taking new clients? Yes, okay. uh, I do. I take, I take virtual clients at brookfredrickson.com is where you can find me. I am on social media very intermittently. So <laughs> I uh, don't, don't look for me to post regularly. <laughs> I have a love hate relationship with that. And so I kind of, I'm very sporadic, but yeah, brookfredrickson.com. You can learn all about my services. I offer group classes and individual counseling for people. Awesome. 
Great. Well, thanks so much, Brooke. I'll put the links to that in the show notes so everyone can connect with you. Hey, I appreciate you being on the show today. I appreciate your wisdom and thanks for, for helping us learn how to eat with grace. Thanks so, so much for having me. Yeah. And thank you for watching or listening today. I hope something in today's episode has helped you stop comparing and start living. Bye-bye. Hey friend, would you check out the date on that episode you just listened to? Yeah, it's been a minute. Listening to old podcasts is almost like reading my diary from several years ago. In some cases, it's even a little embarrassing. So instead of listening straight through season by season, can I encourage you to skip ahead? I release brand new episodes every Tuesday and Friday. And if you're not sure where to start, you can go to improvebodyimage.com, find the Start Here button, and I've got several episodes listed and categorized so you can find the topics that are of most interest to you. Your time is valuable, so skip straight to the good stuff. I'm glad you're here. Thanks for letting me be a part of your body image and food freedom journey. Have you ever felt conflict between your faith and feelings? If so, you're not alone. My name is Carly Mercouillier. I'm a licensed therapist and the host of the Therapy and Theology podcast, where we explore popular topics and questions related to faith, feelings, and spiritual formation. I want to invite you to join me every Thursday as we fearlessly name the complexities of our reality, grow in the awareness of who we are, and rediscover the power and purpose of our unique stories through the lens of the gospel. Subscribe today at lifeaudio.com.